Hey, what's going on, everybody? You listen to Seggy Station. Just the man that has a nickname, what was that to say, with no shame. Glad to be back today, April 20th, 2022. Happy holidays out there to everybody. Rich Hot Takes Letty coming through today. Got some NBA playoffs first round heating up in the NBA. Plenty to touch on there. MLB season starting to pick up. Shout out to my boy Chu and the Mets picking up a doubleheader yesterday. I'm still confused as to how they're playing doubleheaders just 10 games into a season, but I'll digress. Shout out to the USFL. Had its inaugural opening game and opening weekend this weekend. Have some more of that this week. 3 million viewers touching in on the USFL. Viewership up in the NBA playoffs. Highest in the past decade. Coming off massive ratings for March Madness. NFL draft here in a couple weeks. Sports really driving. Not only the conversations, but I think a lot of the positive news in the country right now. Sports really providing a lot of entertainment and enjoyment. And that's exactly what it is. Piling on the gambling and being able to bet on games in more places, uh, I think has only sparked more interest in sports as my brother's girlfriend interviews for FanDuel Sportsbook fraud investigations. It's a crazy world out there, crazy life. Time to be living. Um, happy to be back today talking some sports. Appreciate all love and support for the podcast. As always, you can follow along on my Instagram or Twitter page, at Seggy Station. Always got a live version of the podcast running on my Twitch stream. It's underscore Seggy underscore G. Still got the podcast out on Spotify, Podbean, and a few other platforms. Hopefully you get your podcast there. But right now it's time for Straight Talk. Brought to you by Seggy Straight Talk microphone. It's always direct. Time to reflect. Should be a good show today. Rich stopping through NBA playoffs. Great time of the year to be a fan of hoops. Obviously coming off March Madness. I've been here potting as much. Still got a ton of catching up to do. Been busy. Weather's changing around. Lots of sports to cover. Lots of things to say. Something didn't realize until honestly... Five minutes ago that today was 420, so I figured I'd take a little hit before the pot here. Good way to start it up, my guy. Happy holidays. Yeah, yeah happy holidays. Been, Did you have a good uh, Easter? Playoffs. What'd you say? You have a good Easter? Yeah, uh, first, I, not my first time my family's been up here, but I guess first time, like, hosting oh, nice. a holiday or something like that. Wasn't anything crazy, though. My mom and dad and uh, sister and her boyfriend came up here for Easter, because I was, uh, in New York the night before with Papass, T.Y., some buddies from college. Oh, yeah. Saw a, saw a comedy show. Um, so I just didn't want to do the travel. They were like, oh, we'll come up to you. So, How was the comedy little, show? Any good? It was good. Uh, Andrew Schultz. I don't really know comedy like that, but I guess people who know comedy like him, he's, uh, he was good. It was, it was good. He was good. I liked it. I'm not yeah. a big like comedy show person. I'll say he was very funny. There could have been some more maybe diversity in his jokes like it was all like the same kind of jokes they were really funny but like kind of like talking to the audience and kind of like making fun of like hot hot topic issues like making fun of democrats republicans nationalities genders like yeah, everything that's like hot button stuff and he did a really good job like not playing to either side just kind of making it funny making fun of both sides but it was just kind of like all the same jokes so by the end of it i was like all right that's enough of that but he was good Interesting. Yeah, Chu went to the Mets game on his birthday. They lost, but they're 
doing pretty well. I think they're like eight and three on the season, eleven games yeah. in. Not terrible. I saw a boost up on FanDuel for them to win the uh, the whole tournament, uh, the NL East uh, division. So okay. I told him to hammer it. I mean, I think might as well with how they're starting out and how he feels about their season. Uh, baseball yeah, kicking in, obviously. To pitchers and everything it definitely hurts yeah. their odds and outlook, but. NBA playoffs obviously is fire. I think I heard that the viewership is up about most in the past eleven years. Uh, the first round, I didn't know that. Um, really, viewership up on everything uh, right now in terms of everything kind of going on elsewhere. I mean, it's kind of just wild. Inflation the highest it's been in forty years. You got gas prices up eighteen percent. Food, groceries, materials, rent, everything's gone up, dude. You can only yep. go up so much until you price yourself out of the market. Like I saw like the average household right now, which I don't know what's even considered in that, spending $327 more a month. And, you know, on top of that, I saw small businesses, which is I work for a small business. They have to raise their prices like 75% uh, small businesses across the country. So it's like, I don't know, it's just crazy to me to see like, all these things kind of going on. Hold on, I gotta let this dog out. Anyways, it's bugging me out. Comes in my here and drinks my whole water bowl. Now, if Jimmy Butler's going out there hitting step back threes, hitting three, four threes a game, putting up forty, even putting up 30, 25 points a night, well, that's another story. If he's doing that, then then shit. If he's turned into like bubble J- Jimmy Butler, like playoff Jimmy Butler, whatever we want to call him, then I think this is. Yeah, the team that could maybe rival the Bucks the best, even over the 76ers. Yeah. Some people are high on, we'll talk about a little bit. Yeah. Um, they played two good games, but I put a bet in before, once we saw the final playoff bracket, once the play-in games were done. Uh, DraftKings had bets for the conference finalist teams. So I picked um, the Suns versus the Grizzlies, which I wish I kind of now I picked the Suns versus Golden State after seeing what Poole and them are doing. But whatever, I'm not like off on the Grizzlies completely after one bad game one and i picked the heat versus the bucks and i thought the heat was the interesting one because i never would have told you like oh yeah heat are going to the conference finals this year but then when i was looking how things lined up for them i had them pen- basically penciled in to beat the hawks pretty easily i'd still say probably in five maybe the hawks win the next game trey young just has been incredible the heat are too good of a defense to be beat by trey young john yeah. collins in his second <clears throat> game back clint Capella's is hurt now i don't see it happening and then the next round, I we had talked about it before. I thought the Raptors were going to win the series going into it. It's pretty clear if Scotty Barnes isn't playing, they rely on their starters to play 40-plus minutes tonight. Gary Trent was sick last game. If they don't have their five starters, they're not beating this team because their bench guys just fall off pretty hard. But, 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 just looking at potentially the a um, conference finals matchup, I think the Heat have the best shot of anyone to make the conference finals. Now, I the Bucks are still my pick to go to the finals. Yeah. But in the bottom, the Bucks have to make it through either the Nets or the Celtics next. Who yeah. are probably the next best remaining team to me in it yeah. over that. So I just think it's going to be tougher for the teams at the bottom. I think we'll see what James Harden, what Tyrese Maxey we get in the next round. But I think despite how good the Sixers are looking against what's a good defense in the Raptors, it might be a rude awakening for them playing the Heat because the Heat have – nine plus capable bodies to throw on the court oh i named them all for you i named them all for you i didn't have the recording going unfortunately i got it going now so basically it started out with you today which was a good sign because i was kind of off the rails um y'all can check that out on the twitch if you want anyways uh 
Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. Like, I think I think I would almost, and I love what Giannis and the Bucks are doing. Like, I think whoever they have to play next, which I think they'll take care of the Bulls, which we don't really have to touch much on that series because, you know, DeMar DeRozan has a tough first game. I think the Bulls will win a couple, couple games. But I think when you lose Lonzo Ball, Patrick Williams kind of in and out of the lineup all year, I think those are like the two main pieces to all these other pieces that they brought in. And I know I was really high on the Bulls. You're not beating the Bucks. And your one chance was to do that in the in game one when the Bucks were having game. their worst game. Yeah, they might get swept. And, you know, at this point, so the Bucks will be waiting for that matchup of 2-7, which I think the two sevens right now are, are uh topic of conversations to have pretty long ones here on the pod. Um I have the heat I have the heat right there with the Bucks to come out of the East. Um and I, I and I, I'm still. Out, but I have them in the conference finals. Yeah, and I'm still thinking if they're in the conference finals, it's probably going to end up being against the Bucks. But I, I'm not so sure how things are going to shake out in that two seven. So I'm, I'm really curious to see how that second round series goes if the Bucks do obviously take care of the they Bulls, only, which I think they will. All I'm saying is it's only two games, so I'm not trying to overreact. But Bam Adebayo has been very underwhelming in the two games. If you're going to beat the Celtics or the Bucks or maybe the Nets, but I think the Celtics are going to beat the Nets. Um, if you're going to beat any of those, mainly those first two teams, you need Bam Adebayo going 100%. Like this, this is going to work against the Hawks, but even against the Sixers next round will be a far bigger challenge for the Heat. I would still have them probably winning that series, but this Hawks team is, like we said it before, no Clint Capella, John Collins in his second game back, like Trey Young's getting absolutely shut down, which is a testament to the Heat, like, and how good a defense they're playing. But it's going to be harder against the Sixers than against whoever they face in the conference finals if they get there. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely will. I think the Heat are just humming under the radar right now. I think there's a lot of players on the Heat that the Jimmy are getting a lot of so disrespect. Impressive. Yeah, and really Jimmy Butler had an unreal game yesterday. Um, Kyle Lowry hasn't been playing well in the first two. Hitting fadeaway step backs, well. and, and I mean, he was he was unreal. Jimmy Butler, Euro steps, uh, lefty layup. This dude was all in his bag yesterday. I think um, I think Max Struess, Gabe Vincent, and Duncan Robinson were all undrafted. Not under was Duncan Robinson undrafted? Yeah, I think he was. Yep. Think all those three were undrafted, and then PJ Tucker was. I'm pretty sure a late, late picker undrafted. I know he was out of the NBA at some points overseas in the middle of his career. Caleb Martin was a late pick. Like Jimmy Butler was maybe one of their top picks is 15 or Tyler Hero is picked like eight actually or something like that. But they got to, yeah, it's impressive. It's impressive what they do in Miami with these guys. And how they uh, let me, let me switch over to the West real quick. So I wanted to stick to that one, eight matchup. Suns ended up losing the game last night as Devin Booker goes for 31 in the first half was absolutely on fire. And then somehow uh, the Pels were able to stay afloat during that. I think they're only down four or five at the half. I'm like, bro, how are they only down four or five right now? Um, You know why? Because they made the best trade of the entire trade deadline and bringing in C.J. McCollum. Brandon Ingram's been absolute balling. And and I talked a little bit here about the Pelicans, though, for real. Like, Willie Green really done a great job with this squad. And I know they got a bunch of other no-name guys that – you know, people besides Jonas Valanciunas, basically, they got a bunch of young rookies that are going to be up and coming. Trey Murphy, uh, the third, and there's another one in, oh, what the fuck's his name? I was watching him a ton last night. Uh, God, I can't think of it right now, but he's legit. Oh, Herb Jones. Herb Jones. Herb Jones out of Alabama. Herb Jones out of Alabama. They got some good young talent. Point being is if Zion, this is the craziest thing to me. 
if Zion was just on the court, even now with his Devin Booker injury, I think the Pels win this series. I don't think it's crazy to say the Pels win this series if Zion was playing right now. And just the whole aspect of this entire time, this NBA season that you and me have been talking some hoops, Zion Williamson has played zero games. Zero fucking games this year. Incredible to me. Absolutely incredible to me. With all these things kind of ebb and flow, Kawhi Leonard zero games this year, some other players, he ain't the only one. But it's shit is it's crazy to me with this Devin Booker injury. We've seen this going back. Listen to my boy Nick right this morning. Going back to about 2015, bro. There's been every time in the playoffs, five or eight, five out of the eight years, or five out of ten years, eight out of ten, whatever you want to go with the statistics, where there has been an injury that has altered the way we've looked at the rest of the the rest of the playoff run. And you know, you hope this isn't that with Devin Booker, but I, I think it's extremely interesting how the Pels not only pull that game out. Zion's like there but not playing obviously in street clothes and it's like what is the deal here with how the Pels are looking since they acquired CJ McCollum give David Griffin a lot of credit for doing that by the way and at this point I'm looking at the Suns coming out of the West and regardless if Devin Booker gets back on or not I think this is going to be major implications for them coming out of the West um Devin Booker I'm not saying he can't get healthy um but how healthy are you going to get um with the way I saw him coming off and him kind of reacting to that injury body language-wise after having a hamstring injury just about a month ago, um, not ideal. And I know Chris Paul went off for 30 points. I think he had 16 in the fourth quarter in that first win. Otherwise, they don't even win that game, in my opinion. Um, So a lot here riding on the Suns just to get out of this round, in my opinion, with the Pels being the hottest team of these lower-seeded teams, in my opinion, as well, minus the Nets, if you're going to include them in that conversation, um, where the Suns, even if they get out of this round and Devin Booker's back on, I think there's other teams. I obviously have the Grizzlies coming out. Uh, a lot of people have the Warriors now heating up, which I also just need to throw in the podcast. So funny to me that Jordan Poole has turned into what he is when we call Steph Curry and Klay Thompson the Splash Brothers, and this dude's last name is Poole. I just think that's super ironic. Um, I also just need to say real quick, cause you've been on Jordan pool and I'll let you respond to all that. Uh, not even mentioned in the most improved conversation. And I just, I know we're going to touch on this, but I think you got to let these awards season awards leak kind of into the first round. I know, I know we've talked about this so many times, but I like, it gives you a clearer picture to me. Like all these guys in the conversation for defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart wins it, first one since Gary Payton in 95-96, first guard. Um, Marcus Smart in that first game, you're like, all right, he's a, he's a defensive player of the year. Like, you watch some of these games thus far, like John Morant's in for most improved player and not Jordan Poole, like, that's ridiculous to me. He's He had 59 points in the first two games for the Warriors. So it's like, it ends up making these awards kind of like warped in a way, never mind the fact that we've been talking and warping the MVP all year. Like, I think you need to see a little bit of like these awards play out into the playoff, at least the first round. Cause in my opinion, and you know, I'm going to say it like your MVP isn't getting swept in the first round, regardless of how much you go up against another good team. So I don't know. I look at the awards and I think it helps if you just maybe see a couple games in the first round, let's see what's good. I want to mainly respond to the Suns, but I agree with some of that. I think the pro- I agree. I think it makes it much clearer picture on stuff, but I think the problem with that is 
the discussion we had last week or two weeks ago is how like the NBA regular season like doesn't matter. Like the last few weeks are so boring. If we have if we have it count for the playoffs, so much weight is going to be put into that first round to where it's like the regular season doesn't matter. And I agree with you. What you do in the playoffs matters more than what you do in the regular season. Rich. But I think the awards are a good way to keep people with the regular season mattering and not just throwing in games and being like, well, playoffs. I steal a lot of takes, but this is my own take off my own head right now that I need to tell you. <laughs> like this play-in tournament, this play-in tournament that I hear about that is not counted towards regular season, now counted towards playoffs, right? It's just an infamous, uh, nowhere knows where any of this stuff goes. Yeah. Why not? We always get the three finalists, right? Why not? You use the regular season. You get your three finalists. You use that play-in tournament in some of the first round because you haven't heard anything from the MVP or the most improved player yet. You use that time to vote on those three finalists that we then voted on for the regular season. It makes sense to me. Like, all of a sudden, I know who the defensive player of the year is. It's Marcus Smart. No idea who the MVP is yet. Like, we're still voting on that? After I watched Jokic in the first two games, gets ejected in the second game? Like, to me, that shit matters. Like, I don't know. That's... Hold on. I agree. I think it's a good take. I honestly think that's a good take. I don't think they'd do that because they'd be like, well, now those guys are getting extra time for their case. But I agree with you. They cemented that. No, no, no. I fully agree with you. They cemented themselves as the top three. If you're the top three, you should be in the playoffs. Let's see how you do in the first round because everyone has to play yes. the first round. Yes. Fine. I think it yes. does. I think you could argue that yes. it starts to become – Thank the most you. valuable player and the rookie of the year of the first round at that point, which is like, I think it's a good idea. Who would it would be Giannis right now? It would be Giannis right now. It would be Giannis right now, and Joel Embiid would be in that conversation, and Jokic would be in that conversation because what he done in the regular season. Relax. We are one and a half games in, or like, are they all two games in? No, Giannis hasn't played two yet. So yeah, like one to two games in of the of the playoffs. I agree. That's kind of what I'm thinking out right now. Like it would be Giannis. It, I kind of would argue that I, I had, I thought uh, defensive player of the year was going to be Mikel Bridges. I Agree. Thought yeah, Marcus yeah. Smart greatly benefited from Robert Williams getting hurt. If you look at Marcus, I saw a graph the other day of Marcus Smart's MVP odds before Robert Williams got hurt and after, and it literally looked like the voters basically said Robert Williams was ahead of him in. I'm saying MVP, in defensive player of yep, the year. Yep. And then Robert Williams got hurt, and it basically looked like everyone was like. Well, now the Celtics' best defensive player, or like one of their best defensive players, gone. Now the other becomes nine times more valuable in our odds, which is like, well, their value was still what they were doing on the court all year. And Mikel Bridges was ahead of Marcus Smart the whole year, and somehow Robert Williams getting hurt put Marcus Smart above him. That's what I disagree with. Yep. I'm not like this is bullshit. I just I probably I think Mikel Bridges got smart. snubbed. I saw a stat of Mikel Bridges. He hasn't missed it. He hasn't missed a game in his entire career. Yep. And he played all the games this year. He, he's been an incredible defender for the Suns who had, I've told you this on the last podcast, eight games better than any other team in the NBA, and they might get Monty Williams coach of the year. Devin Booker not even in the MVP conversations. Chris Paul obviously got hurt most of the year. I think Mikel Bridges, as much as Marcus Smart was great defender and always been known as a great defender, I can I couldn't agree more on the take, and I think you let that play out in the first round a little bit, depending on how the first round shaked out. Mikel Bridges, Marcus Smart, obviously both in the conversation. Like I don't know, it just makes sense to me. It's just kind of dumb no, that it does. I've never I've never heard it put that way. I think that is fair. Just touching a little bit on the Suns yep. um, game. 
I still give them a pretty good chance to win, even if Devin Booker's not going to be playing. I've never had a hand. First round injury. series or, or all around? Well, both, because I'd be assuming he gets back to the second yep. the second round. But um, uh, from the NBA players I heard, or even just the inside the NBA crew after the game, like hamstring injury is not good. Like I, I don't. He's not going to be on the court next game, in my opinion. It's one-one. Like I don't think he's going to be there. You're in a tough spot if you lose that game. But the, the Pelicans are impressive. The Pelicans are. You brought up the point that CJ may be the most impactful trade. I think you could argue that. Like from yeah. the team, bring from the teams for just this postseason so far, bringing a team's floor to kind of their ceiling, like the jump it gave them, was huge. I mean, yeah. you could definitely argue. The Harden trade, you could argue the... Um, I would argue C.J. McCollum for sure. I think C.J. Yeah, McCollum brought the Pels into the play-in and now into the playoffs, and I think they have a chance to knock off the Suns if Devin Booker's out in this series. For sure. We'll see We'll see where it all ends. Like, it could be if the Celtics win a ring, maybe the Derek White trade's the best trade of the offseason. And three years from now, it's possible the Halliburton trade's the best one. But for this postseason, I'd say that trade maybe did do the most for the Pels. Fair, yep, yeah, fair. I'm still just going to believe in the... Sun's depth on this one, even though the Pelicans do definitely have the superior star power on the court, obviously without Zion there right now. We've just seen this Sun's defense all year, and we just saw Brandon Ingram had a great have a great game. I think Mikel Bridges not will be able to shut him down most games, but will be able to make life a lot harder for him, a lot closer to game one than it was for him in game two most games. I could be wrong, but outside of the fact that Mikel Bridges' defense yeah, you still have to stop CJ. I believe in eight and stopping JVAL. I'm just going to believe in the Suns' experience and their depth, but it, it's starting to get scary. It's starting to get real scary. It's all of the team, the league, like you said in the beginning, the league's so deep this year because you put any of the teams in, that were in the play in minus the Spurs against the Suns team without Booker, it's like, yeah, I could see the Clippers maybe beating them. I don't know if they'd be a better matchup. I could see the Timberwolves beating them. I don't know if they'd have been a better matchup. So, like, all these teams that were fighting in the play in, the Clippers who didn't make it, would have been a real tough matchup here. Like, we all had the Suns running away, but now there's one injury. Even if Booker's not back till game five, it's going to be tough for them. And the last thing I'll say is we saw Chris Paul go absolutely off in the fourth, fourth quarter of the first game, like just carried the Suns through him on his back. It's like Chris Paul's in, incredible, and he's like the outlier with age, like him and LeBron. Yeah. But you start to see it a little bit. Like, if you're watching last game closely, like he, he definitely – at a few points to start doing what he was doing in game one and like he looked he looked a little fucking tired and like that's not a knock at all dude's like what 37 years old and yeah. undersized point guard it's incredible what he does each night but like he didn't have it like he had it the night before so yeah. that's gonna be the scary part for them like if booker's not there maybe every other game chris paul can go out and give you 25 but most games this year chris paul's probably averaging like what like 15 points yeah. a game this year and like 12 or 13 assists or something yeah like, he's not he can do it maybe every other game or every three games, but if we're going to be asking Chris Paul to put up 25 to 30 points a night, like he's going to be gassed every other game, and it's going to be tough. This I think it's interesting. I think this is very interesting because if you if the, both these teams advance, I think they match up in the second round series. You're going to go pull that out on the East. I, I look at this on the West side where I'm like, you got Luka Doncic out, and everyone's writing off the Mavs, and the Jazz can't beat the Luka-less Mavs. Series tied 1-1. And you got now a 1-1 series and now Devin Booker injury. If I look at both the Suns and the Mavs, and I'm like, man, and I love Chris Paul. I love me some Chris Paul. I know there's a lot of people, including Chu, who gives me a lot of shit about Chris Paul. I love Chris Paul. He's one guy that I'd love to see get a ring. 
I think. But I completely insane. agree with you on your take on Chris Paul. It's been what I've been saying about LeBron James all year long, and they're basically in the same draft. They're they're the last dudes around from that same draft, right? One year Two apart. Years removed. Two years removed. Two thousand three and two thousand five. So yeah, that's that's even crazier to me. The only other guy active in the league is Melo, right? With LeBron, probably right at this point. Um, yeah, to me, it's just I look at the Suns, other Suns players. I love Mikel Bridges, but like, how what is he getting you offensively? Like, I love his defense. He's defensive player of the year in my opinion. But what is he getting you offensively? Jay Crowder. I mean, Dre. Who are you looking around on the Suns and you're like, yep, they can carry us to a win, even against the Pelicans. I look at the Mavs, I look at the Mavs, Jalen Brunson went for 41, got to shout that out, but I got Spencer Dinwiddie, I got Tim Hardaway Jr. if he can get back on the court, I got guys that I know can kind of drop 30 points. I look at the Suns, and I'm like, who is dropping 30 points on the Suns, besides Devin Booker or Chris Paul? Who is dropping 30 points on the Suns? I mean, the answer is Cam Johnson. You're going to need Cam Johnson averaging like 20 points a night. You're going to need Mikel Bridges getting close to 20. You need eight and like... Not all of them, but like you need two of those guys getting at least twenty a night because Chris Paul's going to best give you one game of thirty, and maybe no, no games of thirty, and a lot of games like twenty to twenty-five. So like you need those other guys. You need Jay Crowder not having like zero to five points. You need him getting like ten plus points a night. So like it's going to be tough. I still feel better about the Suns, but I think that is a nice transition into the Spurs. Um, Spurs, the Jazz Mavericks. Um, what Jalen Brunson did is incredible. I, I don't I don't know what the Jazz are gonna do. I guess this is more big picture about the Jazz, but like it's 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 pretty pathetic. Like I've heard a lot of people talking about it. Like they just get toasted in the playoffs. I told like, you on the Jazz, hold bro. On, hold on. It is pe- pe- people wrongfully attack Rudy Gobert on this. It's indirectly his fault, but like or directly his fault, but more like indirectly the Jazz's fault as a whole. So the the Jazz's problem is they play um like drop D basically. So Rudy Gobert's hanging back in the paint every yep. single time. Yep. So one of the shooters is getting wide open three pointers. Yep. That is not Rudy Gobert's fault. The reason he is doing that is because he is the sole defensive player on the Jazz. Mike Conley, I don't know if he's hurt. Mike Conley looks so off right out there right now. Can barely move, it looks like. Royce O'Neal's your next best defender. Yeah, he's, he's fucking a, ripped. he's an undersized powerful and like isn't very good to do much with. So like your entire defense hinges on Rudy Gobert manning the middle, yeah. protecting the hoop, grab, yep. grabbing every rebound. So if you take him out of the middle, your entire defense is toast. They're like, looking yes, like the Celtics in the, the end of the game layup guarding, lines. Yep, yep. You're, you're guarding, yes, you might be guarding Maxi Kleba, who prior to this series was shooting like 18% from three the second half of the year and just came in and like, what, hit eight threes or something like yeah. that because he's shooting wide open threes. And like there's people like, oh, like Rudy Gobert, see, this is your defensive player of the year. It's like, Fine, you can argue he's not defensive player of the year this year because other guys had better years, but like their defensive issue, he's the only reason they have a top 10 defense. If he was guarding that shooter on the outside, they'd give us up less open threes and would give up 9,000 layup and 9,000 rebounds because no one else can guard for shit on the team. So I just, my one take here is it's not fucking Rudy Gobert's fault. If I were another team, I'd be fine with trading Rudy Gobert. I hear people out there like, you can't win. Like this guy gets played off the court. No, he wouldn't get played off the court if they had like, and if Marcus Smart was on the team, or if Mikel Bridges was on the team, or if capable defenders were on the team, he wouldn't get played off the court because he could play defense the way that they want him to play defense. The problem is they don't have other defenders on the court, and like they need Bro, to break it up. No, no shot at Rudy Gobert here. I said when Rudy Gobert got that big contract, it would be the worst big contract that 
we'd ever oh, see the. I don't think it's even close to the worst. Worst, and I think it's living no, up to that because now that. you're going to talk about blowing it up, and he's probably going to be involved in getting blown up and getting traded. Because oh, you're going to move team. Donovan Mitchell. Who would you rather yes. have, Rudy Gobert or Donovan Mitchell? And oh, Donovan Mitchell can be unhappy. Hold on, give me one second to finish up this this take as well. You'd rather have you'd rather have Rudy Gobert over Donovan Mitchell. If I'm the Jazz and I have to trade one of them, the Jazz probably do not want to go into a full-blown rebuild. You're not getting free agents. You have to literally start from scratch. I think Rudy Gobert honestly raises, gives me a lower, higher floor, basically. So, like, at least Rudy Gobert... From sucking ass? Yeah, but you ain't going to do nothing with Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert... You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. If so how is that not the worst big-time contract we've ever seen in the NBA? Because Rudy Gobert on your team automatically makes you like a play-in or playoff caliber team because of your defense. I don't even think Donovan Mitchell does that. I think there's an argument. I think Donovan Mitchell's a better player. I disagree with that. If Donovan, Mitchell, if Donovan Mitchell's not on the Jazz, the Jazz are not in the playoffs or not a play-in team. No way. If he's just, if he's just injured and not there, probably not. I'm saying if, like, if they were to trade donovan mitchell and get pieces back for him you still have just as good of a defense as you had and you're getting pieces back you're not the same team you were before i'm just saying like i don't think being the jazz they want to go into full-blown rebuild and be bad so they're probably going i don't Bro, think it's a crazy okay. move all right. to move all on right. to donovan mitchell hold on here i got i got a ton of smoke clear. donovan mitchell's the better player donovan i got a mitchell's ton of smoke player, here yeah i got you i got a ton of smoke here like, Donovan Mitchell is the Jazz's best player, right? Like, Donovan Mitchell is the best uh, player on the Jazz? I think you could argue either side, to be honest. I, it's depending on what you value. Okay, that's value. that's fair. But if I'm saying Donovan Mitchell is the best player on the Jazz, right? And Luka Doncic, right? Clearly the best player on the Mavs. Yeah. Basically, you Luka's not playing right now. You would think that the Jazz are going to win those games that Luka's not playing in. Those games would be won by the Jazz, Donovan Mitchell, and Rudy Gobert on the court. Yes, absolutely. So, basically, what when I take away from watching not only that first game in which Dallas almost won, by the way, second game, they do win. Jalen Brunson, incredible game. I love me some Jalen Brunson. To me, supporting cast of the Dallas Mavericks, going back to my point, heading into this second series if they face the Suns, I have more, as much as they're a bunch of, a lot of no-names to a lot of casual NBA fans, I think they have some legitimate players on the Mavs that you can trust, can not only play defense, but are also able to score the basketball, which is something the Jazz do not have. Like, you have guys that aren't able to really play defense and really can't score the basketball. Interestingly enough, they're like the best. They're the best three-point shooting team. They shoot the most threes. Here's the issue: they get to the playoffs and they tend to not make as many threes. So you end up winding into these situations where you're relying on making all these threes to win games. And Donovan Mitchell has a slight off game, and the Jazz are garbage. If I'm Donovan Mitchell, I'm looking around saying. How am I going to do anything with any of these other pieces, maybe besides Rudy Gobert? Like, I I look at the Jazz, and I see Donovan Mitchell. And I think this is another interesting conversation to lead into this other series, which is Nikola Jokic. Clearly, right? You're This guy is there. He's wait, the wait, MVP on, of the hold Nuggets. On, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we go to the Nuggets. Um, I don't think it's necessarily fair to say the Mavs have better scores. I think... 24 hours ago or wherever before the last game, we all would have agreed that Jazz had better scorers before that Jalen Brunson 40-point game. And I don't necessarily think that's who Jalen Brunson is now. 
it's an like absolute disaster if the Jazz lose this series. They're, someone's getting traded if the Jazz lose this series. There's no excuse for that. I'm not trying to defend them. I'm mainly saying like I don't like. I think it's partially the fault of like the lack of defensive talent outside of Rudy, Rudy Gobert because I don't know if Quinn Snyder can make a change. But, like you got to change something. I don't know whose fault it is, but like there's the excuse cannot just be like. Ah, they exploit how we play defense if you lose this series. Like, bro, you're losing to Jalen Brunson. The Mavs are going to win this series. But what I think uh, is I'm, interesting... I'm picking the Jazz. The Mavs are going to win this series. But what I think is most interesting about this series is at least the Jazz got to win. I don't think the Nuggets do. And the reason why I transition to this, and basically what I'm trying to say, Rich, is if you're if you're Nikola Jokic, right? And a lot, I just hear all this smoke now, regardless of how great Jordan Poole and the Golden State Warriors have been looking... That, oh, he's got nobody out there, man. Aaron Gordon, seven points. Will Barton uh, is his second best scorer. He, he's going 10 at 25 from the from the field. Austin Rivers, garbage. All these guys that got out of their guard. Okay, this is why I get so mad, and this is why this Nikola Jokic MVP shit gets me so angry. Because I, I've, been just, I've just been on this for so long. Regardless of... Of yeah. how you feel about Russell Westbrook's uh, MVP oh at the Lord. sixth seed, at the sixth seed. No, seriously. The reason why the Nuggets are playing a better team, a much better team, by the way, is because they are the sixth seed. So if we're going to use, like we were arguing about on last last take, uh, a last pod, that, uh, you know, he's the MVP because of where, they, where they're ranked. Well, they're ranked in the sixth seed because that's where they're ranked. And the Warriors, by the way, are are clearly the better team than the Nuggets. So I don't want to hear that yeah. he doesn't have doesn't have enough players on the court. Like, what do you mean? He had those same yeah. players all year, and they're ranked the sixth seed. So I don't want to hear that as an excuse for them not able to win a playoff game. You, you just said nothing. They had the same players all year, and they're ranked the sixth seed. Yes, they've had a bad team all year. Yeah, and it's been incredible that they finished three wins behind where the all the other MVPs teams finished that did not have an equally bad team all year. I'm not arguing an MVP conversation. I'm just saying like it makes sense he is where he is. You realize the last three years Bro. The last three years the Nuggets went to the second round twice and went to the conference finals once. He is not some like gets to the playoffs and chokes. Like the second and third best player on his team. Excuse me, Rich. When they went to the conference finals, when they went to the conference finals, was Jamal Murray not balling out for that basketball team? Yes, he absolutely was. So That's why is it? Hold on. So why is it? Yeah, so he obviously he's not playing right now. Michael Porter Jr. is not playing right now. I've always kind of said I like Jamal Murray more than Nikola Jokic. You give me all this smoke about it. Even come like playoff you time. You, want. you, you say one's. You are trying to act like you are trying to act like to me that Nikola Jokic come playoff time is not a different dude, and the defense that's getting thrown at him, the type of he hasn't been the last three years. Now they can fucking literally just focus on him because the second best player of the series has been uh, fucking Morris, their point guard, like who would be like a good eighth man on a lot of teams, who would be an eighth man on their team if they were healthy and if Jamal Murray was playing because they'd have Barton and Porter Jr. and other guys out there, like. That's what it's coming down to. Like, this is not – I don't get 
I think okay. This is no. This is what I think. This is what I think you misunderstand about what I'm basically saying here. Like Nikola Jokic, great player, drives you through the regular season, right? Gets you to the sixth seed in the West. Gets you to the sixth season in the West. No, no, not drives you through the postseason because in the postseason he ain't doing nothing and left Jamal Murray or Michael Porter Jr. there. That's basically what I'm seeing because you're telling me he doesn't have enough players on the court. And and if he's the walkaway MVP, he should be able to win a game. He should be able to win a game. What? I literally don't I don't know how you're missing this right now. When he had them healthy, they've been good. Yep. You're saying it's a knock on him because they're not healthy right now. No, no, no. If fucking who who in the league has a second best player of Monty Morris or Aaron Gordon on their roster that's going to win a playoff game? Bro, I'm no, just no. saying no no, no 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 rewind. Hold on. Let me finish talking. LeBron James could not get into the playoffs with Russell Westbrook or whoever Monk Malik fucking Monk is the second best player on his team. Like, I don't get what we're doing here. If Embiid only had Tobias Harris this year, they would be the fucking, like, eight seed if they hadn't had, like, Maxi contributing and stuff like that. And that's even just a small person missing. So, like, you need other capable NBA players on the court. No one who is on the Nuggets right now, aside... Stop, stop. No one who is on the Nuggets right now, aside from Aaron Gordon, who's a role defensive player, he can't... He hasn't even been shooting well would be playing 30 minutes a game or would be playing 25 plus minutes a game for an NBA team in the playoffs. The only reason they are is because the second and third best player on the team aren't healthy. How do you think the Bucks would be doing if you took Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton away? Probably not too well. Bro. Sixers if you took Harden and Tobias away. Not too well. Like that's, No shit. That's the issue. No shit. But I think Giannis could win the, a game for the Bucks. I think... Harden, yeah. as much as I hate him, could win a game for the Sixers. He wouldn't get swept. He wouldn't get swept. You're, the same argument you're using against me is the same argument I'm trying to tell you is why this is an issue for me. Like, I'm trying to say, if Jokic is pure MVP, this is the man. He got the Nuggets this this six seed. He kept them a six seed. Okay, can you win a game? Can you win one game? Can you not get blown out by twenty points in the game? So now it's about the talent on the floor. Okay, that talent on the floor was the same talent he had all year. He won a bunch of games. So so in my opinion, he's not playing as good as he played in the regular season. So I get it. It's a regular season award. Fine, we're stuck on that. All I'm trying to say is there is something that has come up with. There is so. The only reason the Nuggets are going to do anything, and I've said this to you before, is because of Jamal Murray in the playoffs, not because of Jokic. And now all of a sudden, no Jamal Murray, Jokic by himself, probably back-to-back MVPs, he's about to get swept out of the playoffs, and you're mad at me. I've told you, I'm not mad. the reason I've told you, and anyone that knows anything about basketball would tell you that's a dumb take, is... If you do that for any team in the league, it's the same scenario. That's not a Jokic. Okay, that's the- fine. No, no, no. We got no, to that no, point. No, no. And all I'm asking you is if we get to the other scenarios, do I think those other players that are left could win one game if you're the MVP of the league? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. So your argument is this. Yes, I do. Wins one, if Jokic wins one game, he's the MVP of the league. I think if Jokic can win a game, it proves more of his MVP case than not being able to win any game come playoff time. Yes, I absolutely do what you're trying to do right now. You're just trying to poke holes in any flaw, like reason for him being MVP. If he, you, what an ambiguous thing is, if he wins one game, that probably balances Rich, like Rich, nah, dude, it's not an ambiguous thing to me, though. Because to me, the reason why you tell me he's MVP is all these bullshit numbers. All I'm saying is if I'm watching an MVP and I've watched many MVPs, take all the numbers out of it. 
I think they can win a playoff game. I'm not saying they have to win a series in which their second and third best players are out. I'm not expecting that. But I'm not expecting you to get blown out by 25 both games thus far. And, yeah, I get the Warriors have been incredible, but I don't think the Nuggets are going to win a game. So if they don't win a game, and he's the MVP of the league, back-to-back MVPs, to me, it just ruins the whole thing. It does. It ruins the whole thing. You got to use some logic with this. Like, the Jamal Murray thing, too, like... If Jamal Murray was there and Jokic wasn't, they'd be the fucking 14 seed right now. Like, oh, fucking God, you said this win. to me last pod. No, no, I don't agree with that. You know why? Because when Jamal Murray is there and Jokic is there, their entire offense runs through Jokic. Do you want to know why? He's a better passer. He's a more efficient shooter. He doesn't take the step-back jumpers. And maybe not even from three right now. He's shooting very poorly from three. But he's more efficient at putting the ball in the hoop. He's a much better passer. He's a much better defender. And every coach, that, or the coach of the team, Mike Malone, any assistant coach on the team, has not been like, hey, we run this shit through Jamal Murray instead of Nikola Jokic? No, because he's the far more valuable player for this team. He does almost everything better than Jamal Murray other than deep shooting and, like, step back like creative shots like that like yes jamal murray you need that jamal murray does that at a high level the nuggets would be in a much better position if they had jamal murray because they have no one close to jamal murray's skill level after Jokic. it just drops off like crazy but it's not it's not like like i promise you jamal murray's not even close to more valuable to the nuggets than Jokic. like that's not even an argument and if we take the best player away from all other teams they're in a similar spot i just think it's it would be nice for them to get a win or two and validate like hey like we are like a I'm a good player, we're a good team, like, whatever, we can do this even without some of those guys. Yeah, it would be nice. I don't think it changes anything about this season. I I personally, before this series, saw a path for the Nuggets winning. Even though oh, I my fucking God, Rich. And the second... The Jesus, second that's that's Curry, a terrible fucking take. The second, the second I saw Steph... I mean, I knew it was, there was, it was a stretch, but I was basically banking on them not being able to do anything with Jokic's size, which, you know, Draymond Green, incredible defender, seven-foot wingspan, he's giving Jokic problems. The Nuggets, the last thing I'll say here is I didn't see Poole and Curry coming out like this, even though Poole has played well, and it, it looks like the Warriors are in, like, not prime with Durant, but pretty close to prime form right now through, like, two games. So like, yeah. it's going to be tough for the Nuggets to get a win. My one piece of feedback for the Nuggets is, that they're doing poorly, and this is stuff that can help them win a game, maybe two. They're fucked in this series. They're not winning this series. Yeah. Um, but two things they could do. One, they need to get Jokic the ball closer to the free throw line, closer to the block. They keep giving him the ball on the fucking three-point line and making him do the work from there, and it's like your one advantage in this series is size. Draymond Green's an incredible defender. He has a long wingspan. You can't. He's going to defend Jokic if you give him the ball out there. You need to get Jokic the ball to facilitate and score from the free throw line and in. He's shooting terrible from three right now, and you're giving Draymond Green an advantage if you start letting him guard you out there because Jokic is not going to blow by you. He needs the ball on the free throw line and closer, and he can facilitate from there. They need to do that. Number two, Mike Malone through both of the first two games has run multiple rotations where Aaron Gordon, Will Barton, and Nikola Jokic are on the bench together. You can't. You can't fucking do that. Like literally. The, the drop-off of talent, if those three guys aren't on the floor, there can't be a single lineup where Will Barton and Jokic are off the court together. The drop-off of the score after those two are there... No, this isn't an excuse. This is literally just like, I don't know how Mike Malone is doing this. Like the It is Jokic and it is Barton. And your next back score is Monty Mars, who is not a scorer. He can just have some good like spot-up threes or whatever. Like You cannot have Jokic and Mars on the bench together. They've been running lineups of Austin Rivers, DeMarcus Cousins, Bone Highland, Jeff Green, Jamichael Green. 
you're going to go Bro. down minus 20 to the Warriors in those minutes. You can't do that. So, I don't know. Those are the two things that maybe get them a win or two in this series if they can do that. No, nah, they ain't doing that. They ain't getting any wins in this series. And I said when, you know, Steph Curry, obviously the injury was trying to see how he'd come back. He dropped 34 points off the bench in 23 minutes, did Steph Curry. He's all the way back. And there was four players, age 22 or younger, that had 30-plus points, first time in NBA history in the playoffs that that has happened. Age 22, one of those was Jordan Poole. And Clay's still out there. And you mentioned Draymond, and you mentioned these other guys that are getting some playing time now. The Warriors, bro, they're a threat to win in other series as well. And the Nuggets are certainly not a threat to even win this series, as you mentioned, so I don't want to talk about it anymore. Oh, I do want the to Warriors touch... are a threat to win the finals right now if they're playing like this, to be honest. They could. Um, I did want to touch on the two sevens um, in both the East and the West. We'll stick with the West since we've covered all the other series in the West, and then we'll switch back over, finish up with the East, and then I'm sure you got to go. Uh, I think the East and the West two sevens are the best series in the actual tournament. Um, I guess I lost you there. I don't know what's going on. You good? You alive? Oh, I'm getting booted or something. Can you see me now? Yeah, you're good. Yeah, so basically as I was saying, I think the 2-7 matchups in both the East and the West are the best series in the first round. Um, you had, as I was talking about, uh, those four players under 22 to score 30-plus. Uh, you were always high on Jordan Poole. The other one was Tyrese Maxey, and we'll touch on that series, I'm sure. I've been high on Tyrese Maxey since Ben Simmons has been pouting. And Tyrese Maxey is balling out right now. Jordan Poole is balling out. And then you got two other young stars in a 2-7 matchup in which we saw a game last night. Grizzlies even up the series 1-1. John Moran and Anthony Edwards. Now let me just say this. I know the Timberwolves got a lot of slack from their celebration. Completely deserved. It's the first time in the playoffs since 2018. Second time yeah. since 2004. Bro, they hadn't been in the playoffs literally at all with a chance to do anything in... A decade, two decades. I don't get, I so don't I don't understand why people, why people are so upset about that. that like all. they made the playoffs. That's fine. That's how. Let's celebrate. If whatever. You, if you want to poke fun at it, like haha, maybe overreacted, like kind of acting like they won the championship. Like okay, whatever, for sure, I get it. But to be like, oh, like how are you going to react like that so early? Like, for oh, sure. Like, and I was you shocked. Want to be excited about. Listen, this. no, I agree. And I was shocked to see them come out and win that first game of that series. I thought the T Wolves. Came out with that same type of energy, that same type of swagger. Uh, the type of swagger that, as much as I bitched about Patrick Beverly, uh, he brings that type of swagger to the team. Um, even though yeah. he's really not that great of an NBA player, but he brings that energy. I, um, think, I think almost any team would take Patrick Beverly. For sure. Team. It's, Absolutely. It's like this crazy difference, and not to make it about like even Melo when he was out of the league or Russ, and it's like, are they better players than Patrick Beverly? Like, yeah, without a doubt. Like, would every player, every NBA team rather have Patrick Beverly? Probably. Like, yeah. there's something about just, like, filling for a sure. role and doing everything Absolutely. for the team. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Um, I think Ant Edwards is going to be a superstar, and you know how I feel about John ja Morant. So I'm not surprised, even though you asked me this before, um, you know, if the T-Wolves faced off against the, Grill, the Grizz, um, were they going to be able to get a game? Um, they did. I, I was... Not surprised at all. Anthony Edwards, good game. I don't know what's going on with D'Angelo Russell, which you just got to remind yourself that he was I a number two overall pick. Able to give him like a run. Um, now nah, I don't think they'll give him a run. I think you saw last night. Um, I think I, I saw last game. night the Grizzlies team I've been watching all year. Um, 
in which they're playing 11, 12 deep. What do you think? Yeah, I got Grizzlies in five, gentlemen sweep. Really? You don't think they win another game? You don't? I think they get at least one game at home. Like without, like Anthony Edwards will have those nights. He's young. He's <coughs> going to be incredibly good. He can still be streaky because he shoots a lot of threes and he shoots a lot of tough threes, so he can be streaky. But I'd imagine the way he's been playing, and especially given that the Grizzlies don't, they're trying to figure out what they're doing in the front court. Like what they played. Steve, I didn't watch the whole Grizzlies team. They played Stephen Adams two minutes last night. Yeah. He, he didn't get hurt or anything. They just said, fuck this. Like, yeah, I saw he didn't get hurt. Yeah. It seems he, like they just said, fuck this. Yeah, so, which it's not a good matchup, really, right there. No, Steven Adams, that. Carl Anthony Towns like, is not a good matchup, really. Well, their the other options are Tillman and Brandon Clark. I don't yeah. think either of them are, like, good options to guard Carl Anthony Towns. Even though Carl not in the post, but definitely, definitely a lot better throughout the entire court. No, 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 you're right. I just think with Anthony, with their lack of ability to – truly match up with Towns, even though he does spend a lot of time at the three, and with how hot Anthony Edwards can get, I think this is at least going six. I think it could be a seven-game series. I'd be shocked if the Timberwolves don't win another game. I still think the Grizzlies win it, but I'd be shocked if the Timberwolves don't get at least one more game. Yeah, and I do have respect for the Timberwolves. You brought the Timberwolves here on the podcast as a team you thought would make the playoffs, and they did. As I mentioned, I love Anthony Edwards. I've talked about Carl Anthony Towns here on the podcast and kind of all he's gone through, and even though he had a bad playing game, they still won the game for him, and he had a better playoff game, particularly in that game one that they did win. Um, not as well of a game last night, and as I mentioned, D'Angelo Russell's really nowhere to be found these first two games, and you're relying on these type of guys to contribute to with what Anthony Edwards is doing. Anthony Edwards, definitely a superstar. Streaky, like you said, but he's going to score 30 to 35 points uh, if he wants. So at this point, yeah, I think the Timberwolves, he'll score 30. They're not beating the Grizz. Like, I think the Grizz are a team that now next series, after getting slept on even, losing game one, and everyone that was hopped on their bandwagon jumped off after they lose game one to the Timberwolves, come back and win a game by 25 last night and really dominated the whole game, even with Anthony Edwards dropping 20 and Carl Anthony Towns having a decent game. So to me, no, I, I think the Grizzlies are a much better team than the Timberwolves, even though the Timberwolves are a decent team. And I think the Grizzlies have a lot more depth than the Timberwolves, even though I like Patrick Beverly. And I think that's going to surface very quickly, and we'll see the Grizzlies in the next round faster than you're basically predicting, even though yeah. you've been no, high on the Timberwolves. I agree with that. Um, I did like one, I guess, just semi-interesting thing I heard is that one podcast I listen to a lot. I've sent it to you, the Mismatch one. One of the guys, Chris Vernon, is like full-time, covers the Grizzlies, goes to every single game, like been covering them for years and years. And he was saying how D'Angelo Russell lit them up uh, all three or four games in the regular season, like was by far the best player against the Grizzlies, like had really good games against them. So the first two games they've had Dylan Brooks on D'Lo, most of the first two games. Not to say Dylan Brooks is the ultimate lockdown guy, but he's the best guy the Grizzlies have on defense on a pretty good defensive team. Yep. Um, or best perimeter guy, Jaron Jackson, the best defender. But um, I'd venture to guess you got to move him to Anthony Edwards in the next game or two. And if D'Lo starts getting hot, and then I guess that's what's been working and you move him back. But I wouldn't be surprised, just a little side note, to see uh, D'Lo have a good next game and maybe uh, some of the more defensive pressure focused on Anthony Edwards because they have been focusing on D'Lo a lot. It's not just him doing, like, dumb shit. Like, they've been – he's been taking some tough shots. Like, they've been coming at him on defense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I like the Timberwolves, but I like the Grizzlies way much more. 
I agree. Uh, I agree. I got. I'd say Grizzlies in six, but I would not be surprised. But I think it's seven. a. Mu- I think it's a must-watch series too, because I think those mm-hmm. games are definitely must-watch. That two-seven, just as much as the two-seven in the East. Um, I know we kind of touched on the Bucks versus the Bulls very lightly, but I think we don't have to touch on that much more. Even though I've been on the on the Bulls this year, a lot of these injuries matching up against would, the Bucks. I'd be uh, willing to bet any amount of money that this series does not go to six games. I'll give the Bulls one game, maybe. I would be flabbergasted if they won two games against the Bucks. Obviously. Yeah, I agree. So we won't touch on that. I do want to touch on the Sixers, even though they're up 2-0 on the Raptors. But I think it'll be more time touching on this series, so I wanted to touch on this series first. Um, it's back on tonight. Boston Nets. Game two in Boston. Obviously, that brings a little bit more smoke for Kyrie, which we kind of talked about already, which I'm all for. Um, Kyrie, incredible in the first game. 39 points. Um, I had, I was all over that game, and I just could not believe how that game ended. Um I guess that was one of my, kind of always my concern when it came to not only picking the Nets in this series, picking the Nets in this first game, and really rooting for the Nets to make a run, is their defense. And I was just confused because Drummond didn't get much time, and I've been high on Drummond. I think he'll get more time in this game tonight, and I think the Nets will win this game tonight. Um, The Boston Celtics, down the stretch of that game, Rich, had five straight layups. And I, I was home watching the entire game, Nets are down 15 in the, at one point in this game. I'm like, yep, time to take my nap, you know, whatever, Easter Sunday. Then all of a sudden, Kyrie starts going nutso. 18 in the fourth quarter. Kevin Durant, I think, might have had his worst postseason game ever. So I don't expect that out of Kevin Durant again. And I look at how badly the Nets played and how suboptimal the Celtics played. And it's a tie game, literally, when you're up 15. Um, Jason Tatum has 30, 31, I think with that last second layup in which I thought Kyrie needs to George Hill him in 2018. Like you can't let him get up a layup there. Like you cannot let Jason Tatum get up a layup there on top of the two layups you already gave up in that final five possessions that I talked about straight layups. Like Kyrie hit a Kyrie hit a three with 40 seconds left to go up 114, 111. Jalen Brown comes down, dribbles right around the dude up top. And goes right in. Definitely pushes off, by the way, which I think the NBA officiating has been very subpar. There was a there was a the Grizzlies Timberwolves first quarter was 50 minutes of real time last night. Most fouls ever called in a single quarter in the past 35 years of NBA basketball. Last night, first quarter of Timberwolves uh Grizzlies. And so yeah, I was kind of a little upset about that push off. But it's a wide open layup. The dude literally gets a wide open layup. Crunch time of 40 seconds left in a fourth quarter of a bas- NBA basketball game. And I get Tatum made a nice spin move to get off that. But I, th- I don't think... One thing in playoff basketball you shouldn't be allowing is layups and dunks. Particularly layups. Like, you shouldn't be allowing uncontested layups in playoff basketball. And the Nets allowed probably 20 of them in that game. Like, I saw five in a row. So I'm thinking, damn... They just rely on outscoring the other team, right? Like Kevin Durant had a bad game. Kyrie has a A-plus game, and you still lose. You need both of them to go off? No. I, I expect their defense to get a little bit better. And we can talk about players coming back and joining teams. I don't know what's the deal with Ben Simmons. But all I'm trying to say is if Ben Simmons was in that first game, they, I think they win. I think Ben Simmons, he doesn't even need to shoot. Uh, he can just defend those last five plays. 
and you might get a stop in one of them. I think I think, I think the, it's bold for not you for everyone to be assuming that Ben Simmons would come back and do what Bruce Brown is better is would do better at what Bruce Brown is doing because they play the same role. They do the exact same thing, and Ben Simmons is far better at it. But Ben Simmons hasn't played basketball in a year, and like I hear a lot of people like, "Oh, his game." I heard NBA players say it, so maybe I'm not wrong. Like I think JJ Redick uh, said it, or RJ Jefferson, uh, Richard Jefferson, one of the two. But they're like, "Oh, his game doesn't require. It's not like feel. It's not this. It's like I don't know. He's still re- doing a lot of ball handling, and it's like, well, he wouldn't be doing ball handling. It's KD and Kyrie. So it's like, okay, so we're bringing him back, like to play defense, yeah, to play defense, yeah, which like. Maybe that doesn't go away at all. Maybe he's well-conditioned, but, like, I don't know. I honestly – like, Bruce Brown's been playing incredibly well, and I promise you, you aren't playing Bruce Brown and Ben Simmons on the court together because that's way too redundant, and you need more shooters than that. So, like, I just don't know if he – like, yes, it, he'd be good for, like, 15 minutes. I just don't think he'd be a difference maker. Like, if he comes back, I can't imagine he's playing 30 minutes. Maybe I'll be dead wrong, but, like, I just can't imagine after not playing basketball for a year – going into the highest leverage games after he just choked in the highest leverage games, having never played with this team. He's practicing like on his own. Like he probably plays with them maybe here and there, but like never played a real game with this team and being like, all right, Ben, go get him 25 minutes. We know you can't shoot a ball. Haven't played with the team. have barely done anything, but go get him biggest games of the year. You got it, pal. Like, no, I would give me Bruce Brown out there. Maybe I'm dead wrong. Like maybe this could be the dumbest thing I've ever said. And he comes back and like, the next cruise to wins because if he's incredible. I guess my point, I guess my point is go back to that competitive factor that you kind of brought up. Like if you're Ben Simmons, like when are you going to come back? You're going to come back next season when like the whole new season and like go, like you're going to deal with this shit. Whenever you come back, just come back. You can help the damn team right now. If you're healthy, you should be playing Zion Williamson. If you're healthy, get out of the fucking court. You can help your team. That's the way I feel. What I'm saying is more so, you're absolutely right. He should play when he can play. I'm more so saying I don't think he'll be this huge difference maker because I can't imagine if I'm the Nets and he's good to play. I can't imagine. That's fine. You can say he won't be a huge difference maker. I think he would have been a difference maker in that game one, and I think he'd be a difference maker in this series up against Boston, and if they're able to get out of this series, he'd be a difference maker if he's on the court, regardless of what he's doing. And I would disagree. I wasn't arguing with you. I agree with most of what you said. I just keep hearing him talk about, like, oh, if he comes back, are the Nets the favorites for the ring? It's like, bro, he hasn't. We are literally all just shitting on him how bad he was, and he hasn't played basketball in a year since then. Like, I just don't think he's this, like, takes them to the next. I think he helps them. I think he can only help them because they're playing guys that are marginal NBA players at the back end of the rotation. If he's in 15, 20 minutes, fine. I'm mainly saying, like, I hear people talking about him, not you right there, but, like, he's going to come back and play, like, 35 a night and be, like, the number three. No, no. Like, no, no, he's fine. No. See, here's the thing, though. This is what I think is interesting about Ben Simmons because, like, it's now set up for – Basically, like I'm saying, like, bro, when you come back, it don't matter. Whenever you're going to come back, everyone's going to be watching you. Everyone's going to be critiquing your game. Why not come back now and see if you can do anything? Like, at least then maybe the Nets will be like, all right, fuck this. We don't want him. Or vice versa, we keep him going. Like, we want to see this. It's like, I don't understand what where everyone's at with this, like, hypersensitivity everywhere. Like, bro, chill. Like, it's... It's all good. He's gonna get. He's I gonna heard, get all types of criticism, just like everybody else is right now. At all aspects of life, like that's just what it is, man. Well, I, I think they just said there's been a million reports on him that he's like resuming five on five for like full court and stuff. So like it doesn't. Oops. At least the sound of it to me is it doesn't seem like he's just not playing. Like he is ramping back up and trying to get on the court, and that's why I don't think he'll be full go once he gets. Who there. you got winning so, this game tonight? So, 
Uh, this is what I've watched the least of so far because this is when my family was over eating on Easter. I did see the last play. That's a shame. Like the, the last two plays, I know. I did see like the last two plays and watch some recap after. My takeaway from not having watched the actual game but seeing some stuff is I had the Celtics to win the series. I think the Celtics are the better team. But the fact that you barely won on a crazy last play when Kevin Durant had like like you said, like maybe it's one of the worst games of the playoffs ever. Like that's that's scary because he's not going to play worse than that. Team. No, he's not. No, nope. and there was no one on their team that had, you know, like they they had good games. They had so a pretty good game. Yeah, yeah. They... yeah. So again, I feel like that's the laziest take I could possibly give. But I also didn't watch the game, so like I, I'm sticking with the Celtics to win the series. I think the Nets win tonight. I think I like again. I think everyone would say this who's covering it. I think Kevin Durant has a huge game. I, I like you just got to assume that because they don't want to. No one wants to go down 0-2 going back. to Yeah, Brooklyn. no. I think, I think Kevin Durant has a huge game. Where, like if they go down 0-2 to Brooklyn, like I'd be picking the Celtics to win like one of those games, and that's probably get Game Three or something like that. But I, I got the Nets tonight. I'm not going to be shocked if the Celtics win, and I'm still not saying the series is over if the Celtics win. Going back to Brooklyn, they could win those two games, but I got the. Close, close game, good game. Nets winning. KD putting up forty. Yeah, I, I think KD gets at least thirty. I was gonna uh, say, I'm, I'm changing that to thirty-five. KD, I say that because because I think Kyrie's gonna have a good game, game as well. I would not be surprised if KD and Kyrie combine for seventy points tonight. Um, there is no doubt in my mind that the Celtics are gonna lose this game. And I think going forward, if you're a Celtics fan, regardless of maybe Rob Wills coming back or whatever it is, it, it's. It's going to be interesting to see how this game goes tonight because I think you make a good point too. Regardless how it goes, I don't think the series is necessarily over in this particular series when you go down too well. Um, but I do think it's a big-time game for the Nets tonight. I think the Nets will show up big time. Um, and we'll see how that series shakes out after being tied 1-1. Uh, the Sixers are up 2-0. And I guess this is basically the last series and then we'll get out of here. Um, the Sixers are up 2-0. And really, James Harden is not the reason because of that. That's just literally no, no possible, no possible thing you can tell me right now where it's like those two wins had anything to do with James Harden. Like I just, I just wouldn't, I just wouldn't be able to buy. It. He's he's on the court. He's he's at least there. So I'll give you that. I'll give you that. He's on the court because you know last season he wasn't even to be able to on the court. Anyways, Tyrese Maxey. It, it, you're basically we've gotten to a point now with the 76ers. I hear a lot of people talking that Tyrese Maxey, the guy I've been talking about here for a minute and no one's been talking about. Now all of a sudden he's the hot young commodity again cuz he's better than James Harden right now. Tyrese Maxey is is being relied on to carry the Sixers through this run as well as with Joel Embiid, not James Harden. Like James Harden is being relied to be on the court and not fuck it up, in my opinion. Like, this is where we're at with James Harden now. This is what James Harden is. Like, be the point guard of the team, get it to these other guys, get it to Joel Embiid, and maybe make a couple shots because you're bricking the rest. Like, he's shooting what? What's he shooting in the playoffs thus far? He's shooting. He had one, he had one good game. Right. I think he's he had 21 points. 21 three, points. But he's shooting 34% from the field, which is awful. But he's shooting well from three. Yeah, he's got his three working for sure. I saw him hit a couple of his vintage step backs. Those will start burning him. Let, let start bar- burning him next round. Respond. One thing. I agree with you. Like Matt, 
I'm not getting into some, like, who's the better NBA player right now. I don't know. Is Maxi playing better so far through two games of the playoffs? Absolutely. So, like, sure, I'll, I'll give you that. Um, he's – we want to see him scoring more. And, like, yeah, tiny sample size that you want him to be shooting more than 35% from the field. I imagine he will be, but he's shooting well from three and free throw range. I think a lot of this is, like, to some extent, what people were asking of him in Houston. Like, now, you didn't want the scoring under 20 points a game or anything like that. But, like, in a lot of scenarios, he is making the right play now. Like, whereas it did feel like in the past, like, he was forcing things. Now, against the Raptors, without Scotty Barnes out there, with the hobbled Gary Trent last game, it might be a little easier. This could get even uglier against the Heat. I'm by no means saying, like, no, Harden's fine. Like, I picked the Raptors to win this series when I thought they were going to be healthy, and maybe they wouldn't have. It was a kind of a smack in the first game, honestly, even when they were healthy. But I think it could get uglier against the Heat. But, like, as of right now, like, I'm not going to blame James Harden for anything because what would be scarier to me is if he was doing – if he was forcing it and shooting these percentages. He's shooting high percentage from three, low percentage from two on low shot volume right now, and he's averaging 10 assists through two games. He had like a 14 and a six, I think. Yep. I think to some extent it's like we can't be too mad at it. Is it going to be a problem if they want to win the championship? Absolutely. Yep. But as of like right now, I'm going to say like, fine. If Tobias Harris is hitting his threes, and obviously you have like one of the top two, three MVP candidates in Embiid, and then you have Maxi playing like he's the second best player on the team, like – I hats off to Harden if you're cool with only taking ten shots and getting fourteen assists. Okay, that's yeah, fine yeah. Now. Hold on a second. Going to need him to do a lot. More. Yeah, let me just say something because I said this when we did our last pod. It was if the if the Sixers can't beat this Raptors team in this first round, like this is not going to be a good look for not only Philadelphia for for James Harden. And when you yeah. go and look at how this series is shaked out, right up 2-0, probably going to win the series regardless if Raptors can get a game or two, like. In the driver's seat, who knows? Doc Rivers blows 3-1 leaves like it's his job. But I think they're going to win this series. Like, if they win this series and how these first two games have played out, it's not because of James Harden. That's all I'm trying to say. Well, I agree. I, I mean, like... <coughs> so we go forward. Now we go forward. Hold on. Right no, now. and it's not necessarily a negative. It's just more like, what is going on with James Harden to a point where I don't think you're going to advance even past this round <laughs> if you can't have... Anything like sort of what you expect from James Harden. And, and going back to the Houston thing that you brought up, where it's like, to me, then you're you're leaking back into your Jokic take, where it's like, oh, well, who else was on the team when James Harden was there, right? That's well, basically, that's I always said. That's this is it. Yeah, this is where we leak back into this take. It's more, all right, dude, then shouldn't you be able to be better when you have better players? Like, that's where I'm just, that's where I'm confused. Like, we, he was playing. I'm, I'm with you. He hasn't I, looked good. I am he's just so player. confused what's going on with James Harden here because. I don't know. You know, he's quitting on teams and then he's with the my, Nets my and then he's guess. getting demanding trades from the Nets. Like, this is where he always right. wanted to be. Like, if you're with Joel Embiid and these other way better constructed roster, Maxie, Harris, all these guys, like, why is it that he looks the worst that he's ever looked his entire career right now? I just don't understand yes. that. His playmaking still looks elite, which is what they need from him. He does look worse. The only thing I could come up with, if he's fully healthy, which Doc Rivers says he is, players never say that they're not in the middle of the playoffs. They're not going to say that. I wouldn't be surprised if we hear something after, but I'm going to assume he's healthy. 
So the only thing I could think of is that we've heard, I've heard players talk about it on like the Matt Barnes thing with all the smoke. I've heard Mello and guys talk about it. I've heard people say it's probably a reason Russ is struggling. And I agree with it. Like when you take the ball, when a player is taking less shots or when you take the ball out of his hands more than he's used to having it, like that's what helps a lot of these great players get in rhythm. Like as much as it looks to us like, oh, he's over dribbling the ball, like he's ball hogging it, like. That's how they played basketball. What helps James Harden, what helps Melo, what helps Ross Iverson, the guys over the years get into rhythm is like getting to their spots, getting up more shots. They're high percent, they're high volume guys. So they don't always do it at the highest percentage, but like they're doing it at a high volume and they start making more and more and more. So the only thing I could think of is he's such so used to being a high volume guy that he's now a low volume guy and he's just doing it inefficiently. He was never like a super, he was efficient in the shots he took, three points in layups, but he never shot them at the highest percentage, like a Steph Curry, Joe Harris type guy. So, like, maybe it's just hurting him not being able to take as many and getting used to it. I don't know. It's the only thing I can come up with. It's not an excuse. I'm just trying to, like, spitball because it is weird. No, is I weird think it's just interesting. I think it's just so interesting to me because I've been so hard on James Harden, and, like, James Harden at this point has gotten to a point where, like, there's, there's literally zero – there's no more excuses. Like – Regardless of what I'm going to say about his play and how he's playing right now, like even if he's playing like this, th- this team has enough talent to win some playoff series and make it run in the Eastern Conference. So imagine if he was just playing like the James Harden you've always told me he was. And I just think it's very interesting. Well, if he was playing like Nets James Harden, like pre-hamstring injury Nets James Harden facilitating and scoring, I'd have them as probably my favorites to win the title. Right now. Uh, yeah, and I don't think that's crazy. But what I do think is crazy is you thinking the Sixers can win another series by this Raptors series with how James no, Harden I, is playing right I now. I don't. I said I don't think I, I don't think it's I, crazy that um, a lot of this is going to come back on right on James Harden's head after they're knocked out of the playoffs next round. I think. I think Heat versus Sixers, assuming it happens and it's looking like it will, will be a, a very good series. I will pick the Heat to win, but it will probably be in like seven. I yeah. think that's going to be a really, really, really good series. Yeah. Like you're, you, James Harden's going to catch a lot of flack if he plays poorly. My only rebuttal, and like this isn't to like say, no, Harden's playing fine. We talked about this before the series, every game. Like Harden's not playing fine this year since the Rockets trade or since the um, 76ers trade. But the only thing that I'd poke a hole in your initial argument of like, well, winning this series isn't going to be because of Harden. We're two games in, and Embiid's the best player, but I don't think you could say winning this series so far would be by Embiid. Like, if anything, it would be like they're winning by Maxi. Like, Tobias Harris is playing incredible. So it's like, in some respects, like, yeah, they're definitely not winning because of Harden. And if we saw like a 32 and 12 game, it would make Sixers fans and like, people feel like, okay, like, good, good, okay, it's, it's there. Like, something, <laughs> he still has the ability to do this. Good. But the next best thing is basically seeing games where the whole team is doing this. Because we know what Embiid can do. We don't need to see Embiid putting up 40 in 10 games. We know he could do that if he needs to. Yep. The way for the Sixers to win this year is Tobias Harris hitting three threes a game, is Maxi getting 20. And that last key that we're not seeing is, is Harden putting up a semi-efficient 20 to 25 points and not putting up like 14 on eh, efficiency. Yeah, so. no, I agree. Um it's just, you know, we're talking about, you know, best player, second best player. Like, who's the second best player on the Sixers? James Harden? Like, you're going to tell and me it's, it's James Harden, points. right? Like, it's James Harden. So, far this, so, so far if we're going to knock no. these other guys and these other arguments we're having for being that second best player and not performing to it, 
Man, James Harden, bro, he was a number one option for five years in this league. Yes. You tell me argue. that he's one of the best offensive scorers we've seen in this league. And now, all of a sudden, this dude acts like he can't even make a bucket. Like, I, I got nothing. I, I, like, I got nothing at this point, you're with you're with the most talented roster you've ever had, even with this big three that never got together, and you're looking like that? Like, it's a knock on James Harden, man. And people come at me all the time, including you, with Ross and, and how he playing and no rings. It's the same deal with a lot of these guys. And, and I'm just looking at it like, at this point, it's leaking into... Hard to defend. Well, maybe Russ just ain't a championship-level player. James Harden is not a championship-level player, and that's something I'll always hang my hat on. I mean, I, I don't know. We're not getting into the whole James Harden thing. We, we will see. We will see how he does. In the yeah, right we will now, see. He's, right now, he's not scoring like we want to see, but he's not necessarily doing anything that's holding them back. He's playing within the offense, letting guys get to their spots, facilitating the ball. We need to see him shoot uh, a little bit better here. I'd love to be able to see the Raptors make it a series, but they won't. Siakam or not, Scotty Barnes, I'm pretty sure, is done for the series. He was in a walking boot, but their only chance is like, I don't think it'll matter this much in the game starting tonight. There's no Thibault. I don't think that matters a whole bunch. I think where the advantage might be there is like, what do they have to do? Do they have to get Korkmaz on the court 20 minutes? Can you attack him? Do they have to play Danny Green 40 minutes? Is he going to be bricks one night? And like, that's going to help you get in the game. So like, I don't think missing Thibel is huge. I just think it's like who's playing those minutes could be a benefit for the 70s, uh, the Raptors and someone that they can attack there. But that's about their only hope in this, in this series. They obviously, you can't go down 0-3 to the Sixers being the less talented team. You need, you need a good win tonight if they're going to make this anything here. Yeah. I don't think they will. It's probably going to be, either. probably going to be a tough one. And then one the last, last thing on Harden, I will say like, it's not, I don't, to your, it's not like people are just, still considering him what he's always been though it's not like he's getting by scott uh scott free on this like i've heard people doing rankings and like a year ago harden was a consensus top 10 guy i would have said anyone was an idiot that didn't have him in their top 10 i think that would have been a pretty widely agreed upon statement probably even by you who is a pretty big Harden hater but right now i don't think anyone would put harden in like the top 10 players like in the league top you know me i didn't have harden in my fucking top 10 last year <laughs> In his early time on the pre-hamstring injury, like, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Everyone. He was a top MVP candidate. Like, he did. Pre-hamstring injury in the playoffs, no, he was hurt. But I'm saying pre-hamstring injury on the Nets and through his Rockets. James Harden is the same. No, I didn't. Because James Harden is the same dude as Anthony Davis, where you got him filtered all over the rankings based on how he's playing. And, yeah, James Harden was playing all right. My God, we're not doing this right now. But James Harden has been (laughs) the most, like, healthy guy over his entire career pre this hamstring injury on the nets oh jesus and has been an mvc candidate every year so like no he's literally nothing like anthony davis anthony all right davis bef- i know I, I know you gotta go so before you go i gotta get you on the record with this because i'm asking everyone that makes it on the pod um who you're supporting in the usfl i just want to know <laughs> Bro, I couldn't even tell you a team in the USFL. Come on, bro. I was going to play DraftKings for it because they put stuff out, and that's all like some places. I'm glad you brought that up before we went too, because DraftKings is way shittier than FanDuel, and I'll debate you to the death on that. Like I logged into my DraftKings sportsbook the other day, and it's just it's not as good. It is just not as good. I don't. There's one benefit. To FanDuel DraftKings. has everything that DraftKings has now. The shit that you tell me they didn't have, they have, and it's way easier to get through and way easier to use. Just saying. 
I feel like they don't. In single game parlays, alternate spreads. I don't think they do. Uh, alternate spreads for player props. I don't think they do. They do. I'm, I'm going to look as we speak right now. They do. All right, I'm going with right now. We All right, great. well, my USFL team is the Houston Gamblers, just saying. Single game parlay, Houston Gamblers. Yeah, I need me some Houston Gamblers gear. Same game parlays, player points. No, they don't. They don't have it. Um, that's the only reason I don't. You're right. Like, every other aspect of it is better. The layout is better and cleaner. It looks nicer. You can do a same. You can do. Um, Jeff Kings is trash. Hey, bro. You can do a parlay, uh, same game parlay, but do multiple same game parlays into one big parlay, which yep. you can't do on DraftKings. You just can't do the one main thing I'd really like to do on DraftKings, which is get alternate player prop lines in the same game. Parlay. That's so fucking dumb. DraftKings is garbage. If, 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 I'm telling you right now, if that was on FanDuel, I would immediately take my. Oh, I wouldn't take my money out of. That's the other tough part. DraftKings is without a doubt better for daily fantasy. I, I'm not. I'm not going to argue too much on the betting. That's the only one reason those alternate single game props. Why yeah, but you can't use your daily fantasy winnings on the sports book. Yes, you can. No I, way. I don't, know why do, I don't know why it doesn't work for you, but the second, like I'm in my DraftKings lineup section right now and all my, my balance up top is from my winnings last night on betting. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I got, I got cucked out of that one. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't use DraftKings at all, though. I don't fuck with DraftKings. I literally was. I just. I, and their support's better. I have like a rapid DraftKings. Yeah, their support like, is definitely better. I'll give you that, but I don't fuck with their shit. That's it's just anything besides their support is worse than FanDuel. That's where I'm at. And gambling is just all over the place. It's it's pretty legit. Um, all right, so are you into the Birmingham Stallions? I think we got the Philadelphia Stars. Um. We got the New Jersey Generals. I think that's the closest ones that we have. Uh, the Tampa Bay Bandits, I think. Uh, Philadelphia Stars, Pittsburgh Maulers. Oh, yeah, Houston the Pittsburgh Maulers is pretty sick. Houston Gamblers, New Orleans Breakers, Birmingham Stallions. So there's eight teams, it looks like. There is. I'm Houston Gamblers, ride until I die. Um, so my options are Jersey, Philly, New Orleans, Birmingham, Pittsburgh, Tampa, Houston, Michigan. Um, who's got the coolest? Bandits, Maulers, Gamblers, Panthers, Breakers, Stars, Generals. I, could, I, I don't like any of it. I'm out. I'm out. You're off on the USFL yep, instantly? I'm off on the USFL. Birmingham Stallions, I guess. I, I truly don't know which state Birmingham is, to be honest. It's got to oh, be Alabama. I was literally going to say Alabama. Damn it, it's Alabama. You're a fucking dumbass. I'm sorry, I don't know my Alabama cities. You should. All right, so it looks like you're going to be riding Alabama and the Stallions. Yeah, no, I take that back. I'm not rooting for a fucking Alabama team. That's ridiculous. That's the worst team I could have picked there. That's my least favorite team. Um... <laughs> New Orleans Breakers? What's a breaker? Like an electrical circuit breaker? <laughs> what the fuck's a breaker? Oh my god, I can't. Alright, well. Glad we got to catch up a little bit. Enjoy the rest of the playoffs this week. Hopefully I'll catch up with you soon. Really trying to figure out what a breaker is. 
It's a fucking, it's a name. It's a nickname for a team. I don't know. Yeah, breaker. The fucking circuit breaker. That's the closest thing I can tell there's you to a breaker. no way that is what they're fucking named at. Like, there's got, there's got to be some, like... Bro, if you haven't checked out the USFL yet, then you're tripping, because there's been 300, 3 million viewers this weekend, and it was only out for two days, and I guess there's games oh, on Saturday. Oh, it's break, it looks like it's breakers as in, like, breaking waves. Their logo's like a wave with a seagull flying by. Nice, dude. Uh, I'm off on the breakers too. Yeah, no, I'm. I'm gonna wait for the expansion of the USFL, and then I'll claim it's you're or the or the bum. utter demise of it, and it doesn't exist in a year. One of the two. You're a bum. Hope it works. Yeah, fuck the Celtics. Go Nets. Uh, why, why are you a fucking Nets fan all of a sudden? Let's go Nets, baby. Why? Like why? I don't even. I don't care that much, but why? Because I'm a big Kyrie guy. And I just want to see the Nets face off against the Sixers. That's uh, what I want to see big time. I don't think the Sixers are going to beat the Heat. I do not. So it's probably not going to happen. But <laughs> but the only way it can happen is if they both win their first round series. So I'm rooting for that. Rooting for Sixers, Nets. What would I be rooting I mean, like, yeah, that would be the most entertaining series. I'd even be cool. With... I want the Sixers to come out of that top area over the heat. Cause it's more entertaining. I'm not saying I want them to win the championship. I don't give a shit. They're just a more entertaining team story wise and kind of watching wise. Yeah, we'll I agree. I don't think they're beating the heat, but I think that'll be a great either, series to watch. Yeah. That'd be a great series to watch for sure. Yeah, no, I'm pumped to watch these uh, games tonight. Games the rest of the week, leaking into the second round. See <gasps> if there's any sweeps. See if we get some later round, first round series should be hyped. All right, All right brother. brother. Catch up soon. Keep it well, G. I won't forget you acknowledge Jokic as the MVP as long as he wins one game. Yes, and yes, you can. Yeah, and you know what? And if he wins one game, I will acknowledge he's the MVP. I don't feel great about them winning. Just the game, get a fucking MVP. win. Yep, exactly. I I will give you that bet right there. We'll end the pod on that. See you soon, brother. Jokic, can he get one win? I doubt it. Oh, Richie Dingmat. I think that is one of the best takes I ever made. Um, got to have some of these awards leak into at least the first round, at least included in the playing and the first round, a couple of those first round games. You got to, I mean, it just makes the most sense to me. Not much really makes sense to me at this point. Um, everyone's on their fifth booster. Everyone's all freaking out about the mask mandate being broken down and public transits and People are sitting in stadiums maskless, 75,000 plus. People are hitting up nightclubs, bars. They ain't wearing no motherfucking masks. And the people that are still wearing their masks, totally fine. Don't shame them, bro. Let them do what they want to do. I mean, I was wearing my mask everywhere, getting shamed all over the joint. And now that I don't wear my mask nearly as much, I don't don't look at anybody differently because they want to wear a mask. I think we got lost in this whole sauce as it continues to kind of affect this country, not only in the sports world with Paul George having to sit out the playing game. People still want to talk about, oh, everything's kind of just done with the COVID. Well, not what I'm reading. And seeing people still dying with four-month battles of COVID, it's it's a shame, man, to kind of see where everything's at, not only elsewhere in the world but in this country and seeing all the division and 
kind of back and forth that doesn't really, in my opinion, get us anywhere. Like, yeah, we can go back and forth about sports and that, to me, is all fine and dandy, but to be back and forth with mandates and vax and unvax and boosters and non-boosters and whole things got set on a whack from the very beginning i kind of feel like i knew this was going to happen i kind of feel like i've had content talking about how this was going to happen and to kind of see where we're at now with all these other external factors contributing with obviously still being impacted by the covid i I do think that you know a lot of people have just gotten to a point where it's going to either affect them or it's not just like everything else so we can kind of continue to go on because at the end of the day that's all you can do is go on you know if you're still waking up and breathing and living i mean that's basically the best thing you can have going on for you um because not everyone's able to do that man and it's just wild to me you know leaking back into the Dwayne haskins incident and all these things that have kind of happened in the last few weeks and it's just non-stop for everybody man it's not just me it's not just you it's all people dealing with their personal and mental and physical issues and trauma and all the stuff that kind of comes about in life everyone kind of figures that out on their own and it's weird how we all get older and rich talked about getting older and i'll talk about getting older and all the content and trying to create new opportunities and do things with passion and being happy and all that stuff matters at the end of the day to me. Uh, being able to strive to get to more of that has been hard here on the podcast, especially doing it solo, but try and make it back here soon. Appreciate all love and support to the people that are still checking out the podcast. I know there's so many podcasts and streaming options and opinions and takes nowadays. Hope you still enjoy mine. I still enjoy all your support. Always will. Appreciate all listening as always, and that's all I have for the airwaves today. Just a man with a nickname. Till next time, everybody, peace and love. Stay safe out there. You're listening to Seggy Station.